You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcast series are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, says, Now thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. You and I, in Christ, we win in Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Tag a friend. Let them know that we are live. You can also get the audio podcast series. Listen, we're going to begin something very special today, a special series entitled Real Talk with Pastor Mike and Miss Peek, discussions about our marriage journey and relationship. Listen, I'm so excited to welcome today our special guest. To my right is my wife of 42 and a half years, my best friend on planet Earth. So let's welcome Miss Pete. Her nickname is Peach. I call her Pete. Yes, she has a boy nickname. And all of our members respectfully call her Miss Pete. So welcome, Pete. Hey, everybody. To my left, I have my beautiful daughter, Tiffany. And Tiffany is going to serve as our facilitator. Will you please welcome my beautiful daughter? Welcome, Tiffany. Hello, everyone watching. Listen, get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. This is real talk. And without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Tiffany, our facilitator. Hi, how are you guys doing at home? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Real Marriage Conversations with Pastor Michael and Kanika Moore. If you do not know, they have been married for 42 and a half years. And so in this conversation, we're going to give get some wisdom from them on their marriage, some good some bad, some ugly, um, but we're going to be candid and we're going to be honest and open. I want you guys to listen to their journey and understand that this is their journey, okay? You can get some wisdom from it, but we're not asking you to model after their journey Amen. at all because when they first started, they were not saved. <laughs> we're going to have different phases that we're going to discuss in this conversation. You can ask us questions. We'll, we'll answer all of those questions at the end of each phase that we have. So I'm going to give you the four phases that we're going to talk about. The first phase is going to be the beginning phase of the relationship. We're going to ask answer questions like how they met, um, proposals and different things like that, which is what we're going to be discussing today. In the second phase, we're going to talk about the early years of marriage. What was it like in the beginning phase of their marriage? Then we're going to talk about the growth years. Now, you know, with growth, there's some cool and some tough. So we're going to talk about those growth years and then we're going to end it off with the mature years of their marriage. We want you to send in questions. So send in your questions. However, we will not answer those questions until the end of the entire four phases. And then we'll answer any of the questions that you may have. Again, they're gonna be honest, they're gonna be open, they're gonna be real. And so we want them to be able to be real and to be candid. So just remember some of the things that you may hear, they were not Saved, okay. <laughs> all right. So before we get into talking about you all's relationship, how did this decision to have a conversation with married people begin? 
Well, we were at the breakfast table one day, me and Pastor Mike, and we were talking about our 42-year journey. And uh, I had recently saw on Facebook a young lady that had recently got married, and she was asking, you know, the Bible says that the younger ladies shall learn from the uh, older ladies. And this young girl was asking about marriage. And it's kind of strange, you, you know, we have classes for uh, learning how to drive a car classes for different things, but there's really no uh, test. You don't, you're not tested for marriage. You're not taught for marriage. You have to um, really uh, look at the patterns of your parents or other people. And so we were just chit-chatting over breakfast and um, talking about our 42-year journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then I said, ah, oh, this would be nice to share uh, some of this with other people, because sometimes people look at you where you are now, the blessed state, like we're in a blessed state of marriage, but they don't know the journey that you uh, came through. So we wanted to give some hope and some uh, encouragement to young couples, older couples, middle-aged couples, because you can be older and still have problems with marriage. And so that's how it came about. And you know, uh, you know, my wife, uh, Pete, suggested that we talk about it. And at home, we have a lot of fun. We talk about things at home. And we kind of wanted to take away the myth of relationships and the myth of marriage. It's kind of like uh, uh, people think that if I find the right person, then I'll have the perfect marriage or the perfect relationship. But that's a myth. You know, life involves imperfect people. And you don't always see that on the stage. You don't always see that in the pulpit. You don't always see that on the platform. So we wanted to do something uh, called real life. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, and so you guys are going to get some candid conversations um, that they've had um, in this phase. Again, re-emphasizing is the beginning of the relationship. So for a lot of people who are watching, if this is your first time, um, again, you said that they have been married for 42 and a half years, but we're going to take it and ask, how did you all meet and how did it go about for you all meeting each other? Give us some insight into that. Well, we met at, in college, um, uh, Pastor Mike's junior year, he transferred from another school. I was a sophomore. Uh, the first year that uh, I knew of him because he was dating another young lady. Oh, uh, was a senior. He was a senior. And then the next year is when I really uh, began a relationship with him. I met him at a dorm party and uh, I thought he was handsome. And I told my friend, he's going to be my boyfriend. Oh, so you knew, he, you knew in advance. You saw him. Yeah, that I saw one him. Look. That one look. Okay. And so uh, I, I, I made my little advancement dance my little boy on over there to him and uh it went from there i was hanging on the wall being cool i looked over and she started dancing toward my way uh, and i told her uh after did we dance during that time yeah. i think we danced during that time and i told her i said i'm gonna come by and see you at, at, you know I'll come by your dorm and see you. but she didn't believe that i was gonna come mm -hmm. uh and i came and you know we started dating. Okay, so let me let me go back because you, you you said something <laughs> before you you said that uh, you had a boyfriend at this time previously. You had a boyfriend. Did you have a girlfriend at this time? I had a girlfriend back in Birmingham. We're in Kentucky, okay. and I had a girlfriend uh, back here in Birmingham. Okay, 
and I had a friend oh, on campus. Hello. <laughs> so I didn't know I didn't know about the friend so on he campus. Had people just to clarify he had more than one friend okay? a girlfriend at home had, no, and a girlfriend I, on campus no, i had a, a girlfriend you ended up being my girlfriend and i had a friend on campus you clarified okay. <laughs> okay okay mm -hmm. and you had a, a boyfriend okay so how was the relationship was it was it honesty in the relationship? Was it because see some people can hear I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend. It can seem like was there any deception, any lies? Were you all open and honest with each other when it came to to that relationship? We were open and honest. He knew about my boyfriend. I knew about his girlfriend in Birmingham, but I didn't know <laughs> about the girlfriend on campus till later. Okay. Uh -huh. So you was honest and from what you thought. He from what I thought. No, 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 I was honest. I was honest. <laughs> Because she, he had a boyfriend that she had, you had grew up with him from your hometown, right? Yeah. Okay. And he was in college about 40 miles away. Mm -hmm. And so he was coming in and out to see her on campus. Well, I met her on campus. Well, she told me about her boyfriend and she was into her boyfriend. She knew about my girlfriend. Well, think about it. Whenever he came on campus, I told her I would disappear. Mm -hmm. Well, I had to disappear yeah. with somebody. Now, did the people y'all were dating, did they know that y'all had other people that y'all were talking to? Oh, yeah. My boyfriend knew it, but he didn't like it. But, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then I think your girlfriend knew, too. Didn't she? No. I <laughs> <laughs> miss. Okay. Right All right. So she didn't. So she, well, you know, I had a think about it now. I had a girlfriend that was in Birmingham. That's hundreds of miles away. Okay. I, I, I only saw her uh, spring break or Christmas, but I'm spending time with Pete every day. After you know, I told Peter I wanted a, uh, a weekend girlfriend. A weekend <laughs> girlfriend because I played basketball and I was a student. I was a student and I had to get my classwork and I play ball so I thought we were gonna have a weekend relationship. How did it turn out? We ended up eating breakfast, lunch and dinner every day in the cafeteria together. Okay, so, so y'all spent some quality time with each other mm -hmm. um during this 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 time. So how did it get to the point where y'all were dating other people and then it kind of like first to where y'all were like, hey, I like this person, I'm interested in this person. Like I say, out of sight, out of mind, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they're out of town and you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, going to the movies and different stuff with an individual, you you build like a relationship, a bond. You, you're seeing them every day. You're communicating with them every day. You're fellowshipping with them every day. And even though those persons on the outside, you like them, but the more time you communicate and fellowship with somebody, you're going to go grow closer to that person. And so that's what happened. Uh, over time, we grew closer from fellowshipping all the time. And those outside people ended up um, kind of fading away. We didn't, we didn't really know that it was going to turn into a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. I met her at a party. A dorm party. She met me. I went over her dorm, and we started hanging out together. And I don't, I don't know if we actually thought she was more into her boyfriend 
from her hometown than she was in me. And I, I, I was all right with that. I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that because I didn't know her. I was getting to know her and she was getting to know me. So there was no like claims to each other. We were just getting to know each other. We were spending time with each other. I, I enjoyed spending time with her. So just for clarity, these they were not saved when they were talking not to each other saved. in college. <laughs> not not saved. saved. So I'm sure you guys would do a, a few things differently now. But when it talks about, uh, when you talk about relationships and you were dating other people, was there jealousy? Was there any type of um, comparison? Or how was that with, with you all, with the other people? Because, you know, usually when you hear that another person has another relationship, that can be so envious, jealousy, and different things like that, and you kind of want to keep control of it. What was that like for you all? Well, it was some jealousy with my boyfriend, um, but um, he came up there two times. And one time, me and Mike were studying together, and he knocked on the door. He heard Pastor Mike in the... In yeah, the we were studying together <laughs> in her dorm room. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We were studying together in the dorm room. You remember it that way. <laughs> <laughs> you remember it another kind of way. Well, anyway, we were studying in my dorm room, and the guy came and knocked on the door. And did, uh, but other than that... Um, she didn't expect him to come in. I think he got wind of the fact that you were talking to somebody on campus. So he gave a surprise visit. And he came, so we're in her dorm room. He knocking on the door. She asked him who it is. And then when she found out it was him, uh, he wanted he got upset because he kind of figured that I was probably in the room. So he banged on the door. And I said, Well, let me go out. He said, No, don't go, don't go out. And he finally left. So he felt jealousy. I I didn't feel any I didn't feel any jealousy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Pete felt any jealousy because I was you know I got an ego too. Mm-hmm. You know I'm like okay he's forty miles away. Uh, he come in he can come in. I'm spending every day with him, so I figure like I got the edge on the situation. So I didn't want to I didn't want us to bump heads. So I told her listen. When he's on campus, I want to run into this guy. Let me know, and I'll just disappear. Uh, and that's the way we worked it for a while. Because in the, during the early years of dating, we weren't engaged, so I don't feel I don't feel like I felt like I had a claim on somebody that deep. I think there's a different expectation when you're engaged to somebody. For me, it was than when you're dating somebody. I think that's where you get it confused. Sometimes people, they're dating somebody, but they act like they're engaged to somebody. Mm -hmm. So I really, you know, the jealousy I knew uh, of his relationship, he knew of mine, uh, but we weren't engaged to each other. We were just dating. You know, and, and, and really, I'm not saved. He's not saved. But in a way, I was thinking like this. I want her to want me. Okay. I want her to choose me. And so in a way, it's almost like a little competition. But I'm not going to talk to this guy. I'm not going to fight him or challenge him. No, I feel like I got her. I'm dealing with her. I'm not dealing with him. And the bottom line on it is, ultimately, if you want somebody, 
then that person should choose you. You shouldn't force them. I, I wouldn't build fences around her like you can't see this person. You can't see that person. I didn't even think like that. And I wasn't even saved. I was I was lost. Yeah. Really lost. Yeah. So a, a few good things I heard from that is that love is a choice. And then also honesty is key. Even though they were not saved, they still had agreement. And they were honest at what was going on. We don't want y'all out there being deceptive, okay? <laughs> and saying you got a girlfriend, but your girlfriend don't know what's going on, okay? Um, so you guys have been dating at this time, and, and at what point did it start to become serious? When did you say like this is this is starting to be serious? Let's make this a, a, an official thing. Yeah. Well, what uh, what was serious for me was not really serious for him, and I think females are different from men. So when he graduated, uh, we had been together a year. And so naturally, I'm thinking marriage. And what were you thinking? No, I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking marriage. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I had this traditional thought. Guys think, okay, I'm going to get, I'm 20, I'm tw early 20. So I'm thinking I'll get married around 33, you know, after I've, Spent time with people. I wasn't thinking nothing about marriage. Marriage was the last thing on my mind. But I liked Pete. Yeah. I really, I really liked Pete. And then uh, I was going to law school okay. right after uh, college, but I waited too late to apply. So I decided I'll apply next year. They offered me a job as an admissions counselor recruiter on the Berea College campus. So I had an apartment on campus. So now I can stay connected. Uh, to Pete. Okay. And so when you, you have, so what was the time frame between that? So you had a, a job. With Berea College. And then at this point you transitioned, you transitioned to your home. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, there were about a five to six month period where I was working for the college as a recruiter, a missus counselor, mm -hmm. and I had the apartment on campus. So Pete and I are still dating. Uh, during that time, my father became ill. And my mother, it was just my dad, my mom and I, my mother called and said that my dad was sick mm -hmm. and she couldn't handle it by herself. So in January of that year, I quit my job in Kentucky and I came home to Birmingham. So now I've left Kentucky and in my mind, our relationship is over. In other words, I wasn't thinking marriage, I wasn't thinking any of that, and I'm caregiving 24 seven. So I don't have a girlfriend at home, I don't have a relationship. That broke off during the time I was dating her. So I don't have anybody but for 24-7, I'm caregiving with my dad because he was ill and he was becoming sicker and sicker. And that's during the time that Pete really started. So at that point, marriage really wasn't on your mind because you were taking care of your dad. On her but mind, he, but not my mind. And then she started writing some love letters. What mm. made you start to write him more? Because... Um, uh, I knew that we were in different states and I didn't have the finances to come and visit them. And I, we were a great distance uh, driving wise and flying wise apart from each other. So the only way I could communicate was through letters. We didn't have Instagram and Facebook and all that. So I um, 
was working that summer. And so I would just continually write him all the time. How did they make you feel? Well, you know, if I bag that, I got saved in October. Okay. I left Kentucky in January. Mm -hmm. So now I'm saved. Okay. okay, I'm born again. I'm a baby in Christ, but I'm born again. No social life, no girlfriend, no nothing. And Pete is writing me every week. I was surprised that she was still writing me. I just thought, you know, she's in Kentucky. She's going to graduate. She's going on her own. And I go on my own. I had no designs for anybody here. Mm -hmm. uh, and she started writing me letters every single week, every week. And I thought, wow, she's serious. I think it's I think it's interesting because when you think about it, you had a long distance relationship previously, right? Right. And it wasn't that serious, but she was speaking your love language and it became you started to become a little bit more aware of what she was doing for you. So you took this relationship a little bit more serious than the other relationship that you had along with. And then it's something about that getting saved component too. Okay. So now I'm thinking, what's my purpose and what God wants me to do. I never thought like that before. What God wants me to do. And then she's writing me. And I'm getting these feelings for her. I always cared for her. But it was something different. I started thinking about her. That girl really loved me. And I started feeling good. Actually, I actually started thinking about marriage once we got separated. Because she kept writing me these letters and I felt like she really loved me. So now I'm even thinking, is this quiet? Is she yeah. supposed to be my wife? But I never, all the time we had dated in college, I never thought about us being there. And what, what it says to me is that men and women are different. Whereas um I think sometimes young men have to be very careful because whereas if I've spent a year with you and I'm with you every single day. Yeah. I'm thinking marriage. Yeah. And here I am thinking he thinking marriage. And he was not thinking marriage. And I think um, knowledge is important in relationships too in dating. Because men and women are different. I think women are emotional. And we attach quicker. Mm -hmm. If a guy's paying attention to you. And you've been with him every single day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the cafeteria. And then other things together, we as emotional creatures, we're thinking marriage mm -hmm. and men are not. So I think it's very important to have knowledge that men and women are different. Whereas to a woman, if you spend quality time with me every single day, the average woman yeah. is thinking marriage. Now, did you put pressure well, on him but, to get married? But you know, there's another component too. Okay, what's the other component? You know... We were not saved, mm -hmm. so we were just spending every bit of time together. We were also sexually involved. Oh, okay. Oh, mess. Oh, mess. So we are unsaved. Okay, we are unsaved, so okay. we're sexually involved. And I think there's another component that's different. Yeah. Usually when a woman is sexually involved with a man, mm -hmm. she's giving everything. Yeah. And so she's thinking that, well, even though we were sexually involved, this is unsaved, yeah. pre-Christ, yeah. okay, 
there's a disattachment that men have even when it comes to sex. Mm -hmm. Okay? So even though we were sexually involved, I wasn't emotionally connected like that. I was physically connected. Now, I think the average man, whether he's saved or unsaved, usually think about the kind of woman he will marry. So I did think about her like that because she had this reputation on campus. I knew she was sleeping around with different people. Uh, I had the word out on who was with who on campus, okay? And that was one of the things that were attractive to her. I knew she wasn't sleeping with everybody. So I knew she was the kind of woman that I wanted to be married to, but I was connected to her more physically. And I think guys can connect to a woman physically and not be committed emotionally. Now, when you got saved, what what was your reasoning of wanting to get married at that time? Well, now once I got saved, I can be fornicated. You're a burn. All of a sudden, the dynamics changed. Okay, I wasn't seeing her. Uh, I saw her a little gap in between because from October, I got saved in October. Remember, I left in January. Mm-hmm. So that was that in between time when we were still together and still sexually involved. But it was different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never felt good anymore. You know, I, I didn't feel happy like I did. <laughs> you felt it on the inside. I felt it on the inside. <laughs> the sex still felt good. But it was something gnawing on the inside of me. So once we really got, and she's sending me these letters, and I'm thinking about getting married. I'm thinking about marriage now. My dad's still sick. I'm still thinking about marriage now. Mm-hmm. But I kind of married because I can't be fornicating. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I'm going to ask you two questions, but I'm going to go to you, Miss um, Pete. What, um, you, you've mentioned once before that when you, she mentioned once before that when she was younger, she prayed, you had prayed to God. Tell us a little bit about that. And and did you see that in him, the prayer that you prayed? Uh, well, when I was a kid, um, as, uh, to let you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian environment and I didn't get saved until I was like 24, 24 years old. So, uh, my parents, um, were not saved either. And so my neighbors used to fuss and fight. I mean, fight all the time. But my parents didn't fight, but they made fuss sometimes. And I saw a lot of examples of people in marriage just fussing and fighting. So I didn't grow up in a Christian environment, and I don't know who who taught me this, but I would talk to God like I'm talking to you all right here. And I told the Lord, I said, when I become a big girl, I want to marry a good man. I didn't know what a good man was, but to me, a good man didn't fuss and fight you. I knew that a good man didn't do that. And so um, when I met Pastor Mike, he was always respectful. Uh, uh, He wasn't saved and I wasn't saved either. Uh, But then when he became saved, he was saved, but he didn't have knowledge. You didn't know what the Bible said and stuff like I was still unsaved, but he was a, I could just tell genuinely he was a good man. And so I had my other boyfriend, 
He was uh <laughs> he was good, but he was a little whorish. <laughs> Pastor Mike was a little whorish too, but I didn't know it, you know. Because the girl, the young lady that he was dating he was with. Oh, he was a nice little horse man. <laughs> but the girl he was dating on college, there was a sexual relationship, you know. Yeah. And so, but he was always nice. Yeah. So to help the audience at home, um, because we want them to get some helpful tips as well. You all did this. You were not saved. And so this is just you guys giving us an insight into your marriage and your journey. What advice would you give to couples who are dating what one or two things? What should they be looking for um, in a person? And then, how do you know if this is somebody that you should marry or not? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I would say to singles that are dating uh, to allow the relationship to be organic. Mm -hmm. In other words, sometimes we have this plan in our minds. And we have stages. We we stage it out. This will happen at this point. This will happen at that point. That this will happen. But our relationship wasn't like that. It was organic. It was allowing our relationship to develop. Uh, I didn't build fences around her. She didn't build fences around me. I never told her you can't be with this guy. Even though I knew she was emotionally connected to him, I said, you can't be with this guy. I never said that to her. And she never said to me, you can't see these people. You can't do this. But it was organic. It was like we spent quality time with each other and start caring for each other. And naturally, it's difficult to have double desires. Mm -hmm dual desires you know what i mean eventually what you give your attention to you will desire so i'm giving my attention to her i'm not saying you know about i'm giving my attention to her she's giving her attention to me and then her relationship fell off yeah this outside relationship my outside relationship fell off and then all of a sudden we start focusing on each other but it was organic it mm -hmm. was a forced mm -hmm. there was no control in it mm -hmm. i would say the singles allow people to choose you mm -hmm. don't make them choose you mm -hmm. don't build fences where they have to choose you give them the space to choose you then you will know yeah i think that's good parents if you're watching too i think this is great for you to help your children navigate in relationships because i think a lot of times as parents um, we, we may not help navigate them with their relationship. So allow them to hear this message and talk to them and, and let them have an opportunity so they can talk about the relationship. So I did want to bring that in as well. Um, so we, we've talked about the beginning, how you all met, and then you kind of got to this point where you all are like, hey, this is serious. Let's talk about proposal, okay? How did, <laughs> how did the proposal... <laughs> Tell me about your proposal. How did, how did that happen for you all? Okay, I'm at home, and I've I fallen. I mean, I've fallen. This is this, this going to be my wife. I've fallen for her. So I, I don't know where I got the money from, but I got the money, and I got the ring uh, during that five-month period between January and May. My dad was dying, 
and he died in May. Okay. So in my mind, okay, I'm getting married now. Yeah. And so I let her know that I was going to propose to her. And I had and you my were still in, where were you at at this time? Uh, the semester had ended, so I had went back home. Okay, so you mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. And home is where? Kentucky. Okay, so I told her she had left school because she has another year to go. Mm -hmm. She left school, went home. I notified her at her home that I was going to meet her on campus and I was going to propose to her. So I had my ring and I think she talked to her. I told my parents I lied and said I had an... <laughs> I didn't finish all my exams and I had to go back to school. So I went back to school because I knew he was going to propose to me. Now, uh, I think uh, that was, was that before we talked to your dad? I talked to your dad? No, that that's, no, that's a whole nother story. I, 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 I proposed first. So I came on campus. Okay. She came back on campus. Okay. So I got this hotel room on campus, and it's going to be exciting. I had a, a family who took me in in, in college, okay. and they loaned me their car. So I got their car, and I'm going to uh, propose to her, and it's, I'm going to take her out to dinner. I got and, a feeling this is going to be interesting. And, and I'm ready, man. I'm going to do this proposal thing. And I got constipated. <laughs> <laughs> I got constipated. <laughs> I had never been constipated before. I didn't know what constipation was. Mm. I was saying, and that ruined the mood. So wait, uh, you're you at the hotel? Yeah. You prepared all of this time. Yes. You drove to Kentucky, and, and you get constipated. I'm constipated. I can't leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> I can't leave the room. Okay. I can't leave the room. So fellas out there, listen. Your proposal it don't have to be personal. Okay, it doesn't have to be. Him. It don't have to be personal. Okay. Oh, it just messed up everything because I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't think about her. I, mean, I really, the only with you, oh, my mind funny. went blank. I don't, oh. do you remember what happened? I don't even remember what happened. I don't know whether I gave her the ring. It was not monumental, you yeah. know. I don't remember. Listen, she doesn't remember the poem. She don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the proposal. All I, it's funny. Oh, you gotta redo that. I, think, I, think about it. Here we've been there, oh, 42 man. and a half years. All I know, she, he gave me a ring. I don't remember the proposal. I, I don't remember the proposal. All I know is leading oh. up to the proposal. Oh. And all I know is I was in that hotel room. I, I went blank from that corner. Oh. I don't know. It happened, but I don't know when it happened. You know, that's so free because as a single, and I say that for myself, sometimes we can be so focused on the proposal, but y'all don't even remember the proposal. We, I, I know it remember. <laughs> I know it happened. I know I bought oh. the ring. I know I had set it up blank from that point on. Okay, before we go into the next, <laughs> the next phase, what does your love look like? Because we're going to talk about four different phases. So right now we're in the beginning phase. Okay, what does your love look like now? What is it? What does it look like for you all now? Well, I think when you when you first start dating somebody and you're really serious about it, love is that butterfly. You know, when I see him or see her, I get excited. That little feeling inside. That's the beginning stage of love. And I think a mistake that we sometimes make uh, as as our marriage progress is we looking for that butterfly kind of love. But as you mature in marriage, it's, it's, it's receiving knowledge. 
And I, and I think one of the things that really helped our marriage is we received knowledge through God's word on, uh, especially uh, from Dr. Fred Price uh, and different other ones on what marriage was. And we, we, get, we got knowledge. And then when you get that knowledge, applying that knowledge, knowledge, uh, love is knowledge that's growing. So I get the knowledge, uh, knowledge of what, what a man wants and especially my husband wants and him knowledge on what I want and what I need, not what they want or what they need, but what he wants, like the five love languages, what he wants, what I and him for what I want, and then applying that knowledge. And I think that sometimes we, we look for as we mature in our marriage life we look for that warm fuzzy feeling sometimes I get that warm fuzzy feeling but most of the time I don't get that warm fuzzy feeling I love him but I think that it has grown from knowledge getting knowledge in marriage knowledge what the word of God says and applying that knowledge so at the beginning of our relationship love was that warm fuzzy feeling but after 42 years of marriage Love is knowing what he desires, what he wants, what blesses him and applying that knowledge to him. So uh, it's a growth period. You know, it's a, it, your love should grow. It should grow from that warm, fuzzy feeling to over here receiving knowledge on what God's word says marriage is and applying that word to your life. You know, and, and, and also I would say, Exactly what she, 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 Pete talked about the progression of the love. One thing I think is critical because we hadn't even talked about our early marriage. We just talked about how it began. I think both individuals, the girl and the guy, has to have a hard desire to be married. Okay. We didn't have the knowledge, and, and, and when we get into our uh, uh, next sessions about the, our growth period, I mean, not growth, but our early period, struggle period, but one thing we did have in the beginning, she wanted to be married, and I wanted to be married, okay? I didn't, I didn't want to be married and single, yeah. okay? I had been single. Once we got married, it was us. Yeah. I, will, I, I didn't have a side chick on the side, and she mm -hmm. didn't have somebody on the side. We were ignorant. We didn't know what the word says, and we struggled. Mm -hmm. But we were committed to be married. Mm -hmm. And I think love begins with that commitment to be married. And I think some couples and some dating people haven't really committed to be married. I think they bring singleness over into the marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's commitment to be a couple, a commitment to be a team. It's not a commitment to do your thing and, and she do her thing. It's a commitment to be a team. And I think from the very beginning, and we're going to see it was shaky. But from the very beginning, we were, once I had it in my heart to marry her, 
Everything else was over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was over. I was committed to be married. And from day one, Pete was committed to be married to me. I think this is some really good gems. Um, if you are tuned in right now and you know somebody who this may be beneficial for, go ahead and tag them in the comments below or be sure to share this because I think that this is some powerful information, whether you are in the beginning phase of your relationship, if you're dating, or if you um, are a married person, this is a great time for you to reflect on where you all begin. I know during the quarantine, a lot of um, things can come up, but this is a great opportunity for you to reflect the love that you and your spouse had in the beginning. All right, so just to recap, we um, you guys dated, you had the proposal. Now let's talk about what what where were we at at this point? Did your parents know about what, what, what were your thoughts? Did your parents have any idea that you guys were together or this is marriage was you know coming about? What well, like? um, we decided to go up to meet my parents, and uh, Pastor Mike wanted to ask my my dad for a hand in marriage. And so um, my dad went out on the patio with my mom and Pastor Mike. Now, I am a senior in college. And Pastor Mike asked my dad, could he marry me? And my dad said, really, he really wasn't. Well, he didn't really say. um, uh, He wasn't really for it because he didn't want me. He wanted me to finish out my senior year without being married, because you know you can get a baby when you get married. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want that. He wanted me to finish college. So uh, he really wasn't up for me getting married, and I would one year to go. But Pastor Mike said something very inappropriate to my dad mm-hmm. that my dad did not like. Oh, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> we got to stop here, because this is real talk. Okay. This is my dumb days, okay? This is my dumb days. Reemphasize this is the beginning. They want you to get wisdom, but do not follow everything. Yeah, do not. Do not follow this. Exclusive. I'm no for. Okay, I want to get the exclusive here. What? 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 What did Pastor? Well, uh, so my daddy was like, "No, you know, he ain't really feeling me getting married." So Pastor Mike (laughs) said, "The preacher." preacher. (laughs) But he he was he was. What y'all say? I'm not saying. I'm, I'm the baby, though. He was, a, he was a baby. He was a baby, baby. He was I'm a baby, baby. baby. He's a baby, baby. I'm talking to my dad. He talking to my dad. My mom sitting there. Pastor Mike said, "If you worried about her getting pregnant, he said she has not gotten pregnant yet." And what did he say that for? Which emphasized that y'all was already doing the nasty. Yeah, we was already having sex. So my no man wants to hear. Especially a daddy. Especially a daddy. And I'm the baby. That his daughter is having sex. My daddy was a very quiet man. <laughs> my daddy got up from his seat with no explanation, walked in the house. And he never said another word. So we had to spend the night at my house with this kind of reaction from my dad. So my mom, (laughs) she was a little hypocritical. She was like, oh, yeah, I know what love is. And I kind of know. 
So I left and went upstairs to talk to Pastor Mike to tell him, you know, that was inappropriate. So I'm coming down the steps. I hear her talking to my sister. She said, can you believe that Negro? But she didn't say Negro. <laughs> can you believe that Negro said that to her daddy? And I was like, oh, my God, we got to spend the night. So it was a very uncomfortable night. We left the next morning. So when he left that, they did not have a very good impression of Pastor so Mike. Didn't have a good impression. Give me your no. side of the story. Well, you that's, know that's what? You know what? I was young. <laughs> Let me put this and dumb. I was young. And dumb. And dumb. <laughs> it was them dumb days. I was young and dumb. In my head. <laughs> in my head, I was trying to assure her that. And in my head, I had to be honest. And so I was thinking. I'm being honest, and I'm trying to make him comfortable that she didn't go get pregnant. I it, listen. I didn't know what had happened. I, I listen. I I thought, okay, what did I say? I mean, <laughs> I that is not what you do. Hey, you listen, need somebody listen, the first time. I didn't know what I said wrong because I thought, I don't know what I don't know. But all I knew, her daddy got up. And I knew he wasn't happy. He didn't say nothing to he him anymore. He got. Up and walked out, and I'm in their house. I got a spinny night, and I'm thinking, Oh, I wish I could go home. <laughs> I want, I felt like going through the floor. I felt like I got to spend the night completely drove. I mean, I got a spinny night in this house. They don't like me, though. <laughs> they don't like me. They don't like me. I can tell them, I can tell them they don't like me anymore. And I'm a nice guy. I think I'm a nice guy. <laughs> so, to parents out there, okay. There be there may be people who your your daughter may be dating. There's still hope, okay? <laughs> there may be hope. Um, so how did you reconcile it? Well, you know, it took a while. It took a while because they had a negative image of it. Because we, we didn't tell them we were going to get married. No, we, you know, we asked for, he asked for my dad to marry me, but we went on and got married anyway. So for a year, I didn't tell them that I was married, but at the same time. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Before I told him, oh. but she, she went back to I went back to school. Went but school. but I See, didn't. Y'all was, hold on, hold on, Kenneth. See, y'all was married and separate. We got yeah. married August the eighteenth, right? Uh huh. We didn't want to burn. <laughs> we didn't want to burn. We didn't want to burn. We didn't want to burn. So we got we got mad. We gonna burn. <laughs> we gonna burn. We gonna burn. We don't want to burn. So we. So we got married. So we got married, and then I went back, but I had wisdom. I didn't want them to throw up in my face that for a year I was married, and they took care of me. Mm -hmm. So our college was a work-study college anyway, Mm -hmm. so I picked up extra hours. So I I basically put my own self through college that last year. I didn't ask any aid or assistance from my parents. And from my vantage point, I didn't want anybody to know that we were getting married. That's what we didn't want our parents to know because mm-hmm. we were going to have a wedding after she graduated. But I didn't want the school to know because I thought that it, it would affect her financially. Found out later it wasn't going to affect her. So now think about it. That whole year that we separated, I'm in Birmingham, she in Kentucky, and then I got called into ministry. Okay, so y'all were separated for a year. Were you saved at this time? 
Baby, I ain't get saved about 24. <laughs> he didn't have no business with me. <laughs> but but um, that's what I'm saying. Knowledge. He didn't have knowledge. Okay. Okay. No, she's not saved. I'm not saved. Uh, All right, so um, wait. Let him tell you how he got back into gracious with my parents. Well, you know, uh, during that period, I got called in the ministry, but we still separated. And then that May, she graduated. We told her parents. Mm -hmm. I think your mother said that she they already knew that she already knew we had got married. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have a wedding. But we kind of made a commitment. I wanted to be close to her folk. They didn't know me. They still had the image of this thug. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be close to them. And so we would visit uh, her home every Memorial Day. And I just started trying to do things to make my father-in-law realize that I was a good guy. So he had a little garden where he plowed the garden. So I'm out there plowing his garden and stuff. I never plowed a garden before. I'm plowing his garden trying to and then I wash his car, and one time I cut the grass. So I was just trying to, to let them know I was serious about her, mm -hmm. the best of my ability to take care of her, and I was all right. Mm -hmm. And over a period of time, they, they fell in love with me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good segue into our next phase that we'll be talking about. It's going to be talking about the early marriage. Um, I want to point out a few things, because I'm going to ask you guys, um, you have anything else that you want to say, but a few things that I got is number one, nobody's perfect because as you hear in this conversation, there were some things that on the outside, you probably could have thought that their relationship just started off perfectly, but nobody is perfect. Um, and then number two, it's a process. Relationships are a process. It takes time um, to evolve and to get to know each other. And then the last thing is um, people can sometimes look at where, they are now, but not really realize that they had a journey that they went through as well. So those are some of the things that I, I have heard from this conversation. And I um, I think that that was really good. Do you guys have anything else that you that you? Like one of the things you asked about any tips for a single, uh, especially for a single woman. I don't think that um, I think it's it's kind of I kind of have a heart for a single women because I was single at one time and I didn't really think that I could get anybody either. Uh, but I, I think a mistake that some single women make is they allow, allow society to tell them that their time is running out, their biological time is running out. And whereas we as um, individuals, we got married at 23 and 24. 24. But society has changed now where women are more career oriented. And so they're they're marrying at a later stage in life, 30s and 40s, and still allowed to they're still being able to have kids. And I think sometimes we allow society as women to tell us that our clock is running out and we're 32, 34, 36. And we think that it's over. But I believe that in God, I believe just like I prayed and I asked God to send somebody into my life. And I grew up with low self-esteem. I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't think I was attractive. I didn't, going in high school, I didn't have a lot of boyfriends and stuff like that. Later, I found out the reason why I didn't have boyfriends in high school 
uh, was because I wasn't having sex. The popular girls were having sex. I was not having sex. But I didn't know that when I was in high school. And so sometimes we allow society to tell us that our clock is running out. And you have a lot of uh, famous people and, and not famous people that are getting married at 40 and 42 and, and stuff like that. So if I get married at 42, I'm not going to be able to have a kid. No, you take care of your body. You take care of your body. You exercise. You eat right. And you can still have a child at a later date. You, you, you stand on the word of God because he said all things are possible. So don't allow, you know, I see young women, they're rushing into marriage because any man will do. And they're rushing into marriage and they're taking, um, they're not taking God's best for them. They're settling for less. They're taking men that don't have jobs. They're taking men that are abusive to them before marriage. And they just want to have a man. And then later you see that they're miserable. No, take your time. Believe God. Stand on the scriptures. You got, you can't stay at home and find nobody. You got to, well, you can't do it now because we're in a pandemic, but you got to, when pandemic get over, you got to go places and do stuff. You just can't go to church all the time. You got to go places and do stuff and pray about maybe doing online dating or whatever. But don't allow anybody to set your clock for you that you can't get married at 42 and be successful, married at 40, 38 and be successful, married at 45 and be successful, successful. You can be successful at any stage and don't, my advice to single young women, don't rush and have an Ishmael when God wants you to have an Isaac. Don't rush and settle for less when God wants you to have his best. And don't allow society to set your time clock when you can have a baby, when you can get married, because you can get married for the first time at 39. If you're taking care of your body, God is a God that is a healer. He's a God of miracles. All things are possible. And you can have a baby. My mama had me at 42, 42 years old. You know, that's late even in this day. And so don't allow people to rush you into marriage um, and embarrass you. You don't have no man. You ain't got no man. Don't allow people to rush you into having an Ishmael when God wants you to have an Isaac. That would be my advice. I see that we've got a number of questions that have come in, and we're going to answer those questions. What I, uh, because we're talking stages, we're mm -hmm. talking the beginning stage. That was today. Yeah. We're going to talk early marriage uh, next week, and then we talk growth and we talk maturity. I, what I would hope that would happen is back to the statement I'm about breaking the myth of the perfect person mm -hmm. equals the perfect marriage. Mm -hmm. There are people who think if I could find this perfect person, mm -hmm. then I'm going to have this perfect marriage. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. What hopefully everyone will see in all these phases is that it was work. It was struggle. It was challenge, but it was commitment. It was a commitment to this person 
a commitment to each other and we were able to work through all the things. And also sometimes you can have a negative start. Yeah. Cause I didn't have a positive start. Yeah. I mean, I I I did a lot of dumb Y'all want a man like Pastor. Pastor didn't start <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people say, well, I like to have a man like Pastor. I hope that people can see the real thing. Yeah. They they see the pulpit, they see this person up there that sounds perfect. Pete sees me, the real me. And what we wanted people to see was the real us at each one of these stages because life is real. Yeah. It's not a fantasy. It's not a myth. It's not Cinderella. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not that. Even if you get a boy ass, you're going to have to work on that boy right. ass. And even if you both are saved, even if you're both saved up under a word teaching ministry like Faith Chapel, that does not automatically mean you're going to be successful at marriage. You got to get knowledge. You got to hear what the scriptures say on it. And then you got to do it. You got to do it. It's not just the knowledge. It's the doing. And you know what? We'll, we're going to talk about in our next session. And, and people are going to see why God says be not unequally yoked. I look forward to it. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Because we were unequally yoked. We were unequally yoked, and it was some serious struggle. I mean, serious struggle. And hopefully people can see that this was not God's pattern. Yeah. We are God's recovery. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not the pattern. We're the recovery. That's good. Well, we want to thank you all for giving us the opportunity for them to be real with you all, to have real candid conversations. This was the beginning or the uh, the beginning of the relationship that we've discussed tonight or today. Again, we're going to have four phases. The next phase that we're going to talk about is the early years of marriage. So if you know a couple who this may bless, invite them. Invite two to three people who who may be in the years of one to five. They've been married from one to five years or one to 10 years, however it looks. But invite somebody out to our next conversation where we're going to talk about the early years of marriage. Share, share, share this video. Thank you guys so, so much for joining us for the How to Win Marriage Style Podcast. And we have your questions and we're going to make sure that we capture those questions and answer those questions later. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Bye.